Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Venture Property Podcast, and thank you very much for listening. Today, we are sponsored by Land Insight, which is the ultimate tool for people to find all the deals in which they need. It's something that I use on an almost daily basis to find land, and I work through the comps to find similar property and do my due diligence. I have a big announcement to make today on this podcast and also video, depending on where you're watching this. I'm going to add a slightly different twist to the podcast going forward. I believe when it comes to property that there is just two main issues that people have, and that is finding deals and finding money. So in the next few podcasts, I'm going to be talking to some cracking people in the property world, exploring their favorite deal as a case study, so that you as the listeners can get into their mind and see how they found it, what they did, etc, etc. So with today being the first in this new format, I cannot think of a better person to kick this off than the person that I've got on. When I think of deals, this lady is an absolute beast, just a machine for deals. So with this new format in mind, we have Susanna Cole. Susanna, how are you? I'm really good. Hello, everybody. Nice to be here. I really do need to have a shave, Susanna. (laughs) We've been voting. I I vote the beard up. I think other people might do too. What do you guys think? Shall we keep the beard or not? Keep the beard. Keep the beard. So this whole new format is totally new to me as well. So what is your your favourite deal and how did you find it? Well, it's, it was a little bit hard to choose because I've got lots of them and there are lots and lots of stories about each one. Uh, mm-hmm. um, uh, but I, I thought I'd go for one of my favourites because it's got a great location, it's mm-hmm. got a great story behind it, it's got masses of frustration, it earns really good money and it's got a great, a great discount and great capital growth. So it's like, okay, let's do that one. Yeah. But I, <laughs> I could hit you with loads of other ones. But So this one we're going to call the Smelly Dog House. I've owned this one since May, no, September 2013, but I had it under offer for about nine months before that. So <laughs> it was found through an estate agent. Yep. In, and the initial story was it was a lady who had nine dogs. She lived on her own and it's got, I now have five people in it, so it's got... Um, it's it's got five uh, uh, bedrooms in it now, four of whom are uh, four of which are en suite, but mm-hmm. it, uh, one of those is downstairs. So effectively, it's got four bedrooms upstairs. Mm-hmm. So she lived there on her own, but she lived there with nine dogs, and um, she was a very sweet lady. Uh, however, the dogs never went out ever. Oh gosh! Yes, hence the smelly dog house, yes. um, and. And therefore, uh, her neighbours got very, very unhappy about the amount of barking and eventually got a council order on her that either she had to, well, the, the order wasn't that she had to move out. Basically, the dogs could no longer live there. Yeah. And so she was very attached to the dogs. So she sold the house and wanted to go somewhere new. So that was the reason. And I, I found it through, and, well, in fact, my colleague Ash, I found it through an estate agent because I employed Ash as a full-time sourcer. Um, and so what we would do is we'd phone about 100 to 130 uh, state agents a week, do 25 to 35 viewings a week, offer an 85 percent um, of every viewing we ever did, and then yep. follow up um, three, three, sorry, 30 days, 60 days, 90 days. So that was simply a phone call to an estate agent. They were like, "Well, I've got a house that might be of use to you guys." So, so when so- you did that, just jumping in, when you did that initial call with the estate agent, what kind of things were you saying to them? Have you got something with margin? And they go, is that a one bed, a two bed, or a three bed? <laughs> and you'd be like, 
Um, well, actually, my price range is, and, you know, say it was like half to half a million or whatever the heck the price range was. And then they still, because they, they've got certain boxes, they feel like they've got to tick, and so they've been trained to tick. So you've got to understand. And, they, and then they go, is that a one bed, a two bed, or three bed? And you go, well, actually, could you tick all of those for me? Is that a flat or a house? Could you tick all of those for me? No. Mm. This was further into my journey. So this was um, about 100 deals in. So by this point, the estate agents knew us. But in the early days, they'll definitely ask you. And so you just have to very patiently give them all your details and never, ever assume that they're going to call you. Always assume that you're going to call them. Mm. It was, it's never these. We've got 288 estate agents in Bristol. We've got a list of, yeah, of all of them. And every three months, we pay someone on Upwork.com to refresh that list because we should be refreshing the list from anybody that goes bust because we should be calling all of them all mm. the time, like yeah. every three weeks. Because um, we should be calling about 100 to 130 estate agents a week. So minimum every three weeks, we should call everybody. So if someone isn't answering, they're not there in business anymore. Yeah. But there's going to be new entrants. So we pay somebody on Upwork.com about three pounds an hour um, every three months to just refresh the list and see if there's any new entrants. Wow. Plus, you've got auction houses as well, plus direct to vendor and all the rest of it. But we were mainly estate agents and auction houses. So, so by, by that time, they kind of knew us. So we'd be picking up the phone and going, have you got anything for us? Have you got anything in margin? You know, I bought this house and this house. But in the early days, it would just be like, yes, one bed, yes, two bed, yes, three bed, yes, four bed, yes, yes. Five bed would be marvellous as well. Yes, please. Yeah. Yes, literally everything that you've got. Yes, basically. Yes. I will the, do. One, the thing you don't want to do is kind of just suggest that you're there just to renovate houses because yeah. that sounds terribly romantic and they are going to mentally frame you as yes they'll spend money because they're investors they buy knackered houses and this one was a knackered house but actually we've done some amazing I and mean, we did this amazing amazing deal once um that we bought post auction for two hundred sixty-five thousand pounds and it was revalued by handles banking within i don't know a couple of months like basically immediately but you know within a month or two by the time it got it happened by rick severe at four hundred five thousand with not a paintbrush in sight Yes. Wow. So you don't always need to do renovations. Yeah, sometimes so, you yes. can just find a really good property. Yes, exactly. Yes. Mm. But this was not one of them. This was a major renovation. This was a major renovation. So you go doing this viewing and yes. what is the property like? Stinking. <laughs> Are you any good with dogs? Because I would be I'd be awful. <laughs> the lady was lovely. Yep. The lady was lovely. Um, to give you an idea, unfortunately, those dogs had been kept inside. So mm -hmm. downstairs was all wooden floors and we had to replace all of the timbers. They were so rotted because of, you know, yeah. dot, dot, dot. Yeah. And then upstairs, as she and, and it was the best thing for her to move upstairs to the rooms. The roof had started to fall in a bit and was leaking. So she, all she'd done was close the door. And oh. then, yeah. Because if you don't see it, you know. Yeah, it doesn't happen. It's not exactly. happening, is it? Yeah. So there was quite a bit of roof repairs that we needed to do as well because it leaked into the, the, the property. Mm. And then when, she, when eventually she left, bless her, she emptied the whole house and then she put up newspaper on the windows and wrote a really sweet note going, I've put newspaper in the windows because I'm really worried somebody's going to break in. I was like, oh, sweetheart, that's so lovely of her. But if somebody had broken in, they'd have broken out immediately because it stank so badly. Yeah, they wouldn't have handled it. Oh, God, it was awful. I mean, our poor, our poor builders, they literally had to replace all, all of the wooden flooring because it was so, you know, the smell was so bad. And it was the dogs, it wasn't her. Yeah, it was just the, the dogs. So you're in this, 
in this property now, how did you know what to do with that property? What was the initial thought? What did you know? Even that was hard. So it's lovely to, t- to turn around and go, yes, I knew exactly what to do. No, it was very hard. So if I give you the figures, yes. initially I had it agreed for 197. Mm-hmm. Ah, okay. Uh, there's an extra bit to the story. So initially it was 197. And actually we were going to source it on um, to as a source deal and take 5% commission. Mm-hmm. And it was a chat and it was an amazing, I mean, I tell you, it's an amazing deal. It's in Southville, one of the hottest parts of Bristol. And we had assessed it as being um, uh, worth about 330 at the time. And he, we, we very, very rarely had rude clients, very rare. But this was, you know, 1% of people are nutters. This was that 1%. And, and often when people buy deals, they get very nervous. And I call it investor wobble. And when you get nervous, you either fight or flight. So mm-hmm. very occasionally you will get an investor who's just so nervous, they become a little bit, you know, fighty. Mm-hmm. Um, so he wrote, he was like, no, it's not worth it. And uh um, and, I, and, and I was like, well, I think it is. So he pulled out of the deal. At the, um, and so I said, well, I'm not, I'm, I'm not ever going to let a deal go, so I'll buy it. But I didn't have the money to buy it. So first off, it was supposed to be a source deal. Yep. Then I was going to buy it, but I didn't have any money to buy it. And then it was like, do I buy and sell it because I'll make good money? Because I'm buying it for, at that time, 197 worth 330 or do I buy and keep it and refinance it because I can pull pretty much all my cash back out and go again. And we were pulling in about 3200 in rent. So, you know, it's making really good cash. Yeah. So actually, I had a very first world problem of, do I keep it and then have long-term benefit or do I sell it and really to pull out a good sort of 70, 80 grand chunk? Mm. It was quite a difficult decision. Yeah. How did you decide then what to do? gut in the end i mean we had debates in the team ash was telling me to sell it because you know i was at the growth stage of my portfolio so whilst on paper by that point i was officially a millionaire like there's about three pound fifty in the bank (laughs) and you're just like first thing you do you wake up you check your phone for the bank account because you're running things far too tight and i don't advise people to do this but you know as you're growing you probably know yourself you run things really really Tight. Yeah, scary, isn't it? Scary. Yes, aha. Uh-huh. So I, I and, and, and also the location's amazing. Um, mm. Amazing. It's so close to the city centre. It's right over a river. You just, you walk into town over a bridge mm. or city, you know. Mm. And, and I'm by nature a keeper, even though I've done loads of buy to sells. And Cash, um, Al, Ash was being much more sensible. He was like, sell it, make a good chunk of money and don't have these sleepless nights. And I was like, ah, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so I kept it. Um, but she initially wanted 197 but I ended up buying it for 203 because it took her nine months to find a house to move to with the dogs so we just babysat that deal the whole time yeah and she was like would it be okay if I got 203 just because I do need this money for the next house and there was enough in it for us so go for it yeah Hmm. do you think part of the reason that you got that deal is because you were babysitting that deal and you had that relationship with her Yes, yeah. yes. And the estate agents, well, first off, the estate agents, we phoned at the right time. As mm. much as you'd love to say, oh, we've got a great reputation and, yeah. you know, the, we have bought lots of deals. And, you know, we've done well over 200. But, but the estate agents, we just phoned them at the right time. And they were like, oh, come and see this deal. And then um, you don't phone and then just go, right, four days later, I'll go see it. It's like I phoned you within half an hour, I'm out at the property. You know, yeah. um, an hour later, I've put an offer in and two hours later, I've bought it. Mm. So I think it was our action. And then the stage and said, look, these people will stick by you. So, yeah, yeah, we got it. 
-hmm. And probably the estate agent didn't want to tour the property that often with people because it was so silly. Yeah, they were just like, no, I don't want to go there. This lady is desperate to buy this property. Let's just let her have it and we'll just drag it out a little bit. Yeah. Yes. Amazing. So then you've got this, you've got this property, you've decided to keep it. Yes. What did you do with it? Turned it into quite a, uh, quite a top end HMO. So I spent, and, and I spent 42 grand on the renovation. It was a fixed price contract with my builder. I yep. put in five bathrooms of which one's a shared bathroom, but basically it's only for one room yep. and then four are on suites. Now I have to tell you that one of the rooms, um, it's quite a small bedroom with quite a nice ensuite. I mean, because I was just determined to have as many ensuites as possible because my target is working professionals. Yeah. And by the time you're 25, you don't want to be sharing a bathroom with anyone, do you? Or 23. <laughs> no. no. And I feel as well with the, I've seen a massive influx of people doing HMOs. The ones with ensuites, you, you'll always fill them. Always. Always. always fill them. It's the ones without the ensuite that take more viewings and then sometimes you even have to drop the price and it's quieter so if you, if you can i always ensuite everything definitely everything totally agree so even the guy that or the girl that's got that room and then mm. the bathroom's down the corridor that really is her or his bathroom really yeah. you know you can't technically say it is but there's nobody else going to use it yeah uh, so so and and we made sure obviously all the shared space was correct we put we always put in top and bottom for for five people we put in a top kitchen unit and a bottom kitchen unit we put in two fridge freezers um either a double oven and a, and a 27 liter microwave or two ovens kind mm -hmm. of thing and um and then and i hate doing this because i'm a gardener myself but then we just basically cemented the back garden it's a real shame <laughs> you know no, it's not not in a hmo it's not a shame in a hmo at all i know yeah but, but it's tidy it's, isn't it yeah what are they gonna i think the thing with hmo you've got to get to grips with how the space is going to be used and i think yes. sometimes a lot of people don't yes so it, it, simple things like putting something at the back door where the people smoke so they can put yes. the facts in it instead of the drain the drain, yes. Yeah, because they're going to put it in the drain, so just put something there, like a flower pot. Yes. And paint it white so it, and yes. leave the top so it looks like a bloody cigarette. It just, yes. it just helps. Yes, I agree. So... 42 grand, and I think it took 12 weeks to do. Wow. And, um, and um, I always buy loads of insulation to, to, because mm. obviously I'm heating them later on. And <laughs> this is terrible because I am really quite experienced. Um, I went up there a few years later, or maybe a year later, and realised the lads hadn't actually rolled the insulation down. Oh, <laughs> and that's terrible, people. Don't, don't, don't not check that. Um, and for some reason, I hadn't put my head above and checked it. So all the insulation was there. It's all in, in big rolls. Just needed to be rolled out. Oh, yeah, but, but that's, that is a, that's a job that nobody really likes doing. Oh, I know, but still I should have checked it. So I'm, yeah. What I'm doing with the steel is I'm highlighting loads of things that go wrong. Yeah, so now that people have got a little nugget there that yeah. they know now what they're doing when they're, they're <laughs> looking at it. So this became a HMO. How was this, how was this deal funded? Ah, because I didn't have any money. <laughs> because yes. it wasn't supposed to be a deal that I was buying. I was selling it as a source deal. So um, I funded it 100% with private investor, mm -hmm. one investor who lent me the whole hundred get this let me the whole 197,000 wow and the refurb wow 
It's not an interest rate, and I won't quote the interest rate. It's not an interest rate I would advise anybody to do. <laughs> I've been there, Susanna. Yes, <laughs> eye-watering, really. Yeah. But at the same time, and so because I already had houses, and I actually had an ongoing relationship with this chap, I'd met him at one of my local property meets. In fact, I'm going for lunch with him next Tuesday, not because we're working together financially anymore, just because I really like him. Mm. And we'd done quite a few deals by this point. So he had basically got to the point, he was like, Suze, I'm going to give you 600 grand every year. Could you please spend it? and hurry up wow okay so he and i had that relationship that financial relationship for five years so effectively although it was the same 600 grand he lent me three million and mm -hmm. and he basically was like could you please use this money as fast as possible so that i get interest yeah. and then of course i'm like and could i please give it back to you as fast as possible so that i don't need to pay interest so what we had was we had um, a private mortgage uh, drawn up by his solicitor, but basically an off-the-shelf agreement. Yep. Personal guarantee, so I'm pinned to the wall. Yep. Uh, um, and then charges, floating stroke equitable charges on other properties I had, mm -hmm. as well as a first charge on this property, because of course it was the, basically it was a private mortgage. Yep. So I'm personally guaranteeing it, so I'm completely stuck to the wall. Mm. He's got first charge on it, but he, you know, he's not a developer, he wouldn't know what to do with it anyway, really. He'd, he'd throw it into an auction. And then the second charges, just to make it up in case, you know, I fell under a bus. Yeah. And then a break clause at eight months. And oh my God, I hit that break clause every time. Get it in, get it out, get it yeah. renovated, get it rented, get it remortgaged, gone again. Yeah. And yeah, because you, you never want to be get into that position. It's no. a scary position. I've never even got close like yourself. No. But oh, I don't know how I would cope with that if I did. Yes. So really what my thinking was, the first year's rent was, you know, the profit is really his interest. Yeah. Because when I look at the interest rate, sometimes I would feel a bit kind of, ooh. But at the same time, that, to have that facility is marvellous. And of course, we had no arrangement fees or anything like that. Mm. So it looked higher than maybe like a normal bridge would be because it was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then, you know, you pick up the phone and you say, I want to do this deal. And the answer is yes. Yeah, and, and the money's there within 24, 48 hours. Yeah, you don't any fees, and it's an ongoing personal relationship. Um, so I just kind of went, well, you know what, first year rent that'll be his, or, or that, not his, but first year um, income. That is a really, really good way of looking at it. I've never looked at it that way. Mm. So I have it's hurting. <laughs> yeah, I have the pretty much the exact same situation. Ex developer who said, do you know what? The people making the most money in property are actually the people loaning it. So yeah. sold a huge, I mean, huge portfolio wow. and loans money. 24 hours, I can have the money. Never, ever thought of it yeah. for this profit. That yeah. is the best way. It, it allows you, I don't know, because I ended up kind of going, God, this guy's charging a lot. And it just, mm. it keeps your mind going, do you know what? I'm just doing work for one year for him. The rest of it, I'm doing it for me. Okay, I'm okay with that. Yeah, and you've still got that. So with this one, you decided to, to create a HMO, so it's going to be yeah. cash flowed. So even after the first year, it doesn't matter then, then it's yours. Exactly, for then on out. So it's always bought in my name, um, always with a, a private mortgage from him, with a personal guarantee and a first charge from him. And then he took uh, equitable floating charges and a couple of other properties, mm -hmm. really just in case he had to fire sale this, you know, in case I fell under Isn't it fun though, when you go to the solicitors and you do the whole independent legal advice and yes. you've done it so many times and you sit there like, and they just, you know this, and they sit there and they read every single, and you're like, yep, yep, nothing's changed since the three weeks ago when we did the last one. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. yep. 
yeah okay yeah 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 and you just go on yes. oh, and just just to let you know that if you do default on this then they will come after you yes 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 and there's a float yes 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 yeah on we know we go. It's, yeah. it's basically if you default you're screwed yeah i know yeah it's basically crazy. they will come after you for everything yeah. you've got okay yeah. fair enough i agree to that Yes. Like, let me sign. But they, they're not from our world, are they? No, so they're not. No, bless them. Bless them. It's very, very, very difficult. So what happened then during the refurb on this one? Um, did it go to plan? Do you know it's about the only thing that did? Wow. <laughs> yes. Fixed contract yep. um, with the guy that I'd worked with before, um, except that his men obviously didn't, his didn't do the, um, the uh, uh, roll down. Mm-hmm. And actually, apart from the fact that we had to, oh, we used it a lot. We used it a lot because we were still doing investor days. Mm-hmm. So every two weeks um, on a Monday, we don't do them anymore because um, we don't want investors anymore. But every two weeks from a Monday from two o'clock till six o'clock, we do an investor day, come to one property and we'd have a T-earn, you know, a 30 quid T-earn. You know you've made it in property when you've got a 30 quid T-earn. And, um, and plastic cups or paper cups and packets of biscuits. And people would come from all over the country and they pay us 20 quid on Eventbrite because you need to get them to pay something. It's not the money. Mm-hmm. Beyonce, if you liked it, you should put a ring in it. Yeah. Um, so they would turn up and we'd put up a little projector in the corner and we'd say, well, we're a sourcing business and you can also do some deals with us. And so we, we wouldn't do it in an office because at that time we didn't have an office. At that time we were working from my house and then we worked from a flat I owned and then from a house I owned, then from a flat I owned. And then the council <laughs> said, get out, there's too many of you. And I'm like, okay. So then we bought the office. So we would, we would every two weeks, we'd use it as an example of one of the deals. Hmm. Um, so, so it was at the same time as renovating it, you're also bringing a group of 25 people in to see it. Hmm. Uh, so when the guys were renovating it, we'd actually site ourselves in another property and then walk or drive people to this property to see it and then go back again. So yeah, apart from the fact they had to take up all of the floorboards downstairs and the guys didn't, I think to be honest, they forgot. Um, they didn't roll everything. That actually went quite well. Uh, the only other thing was my builder uh, tried to make the, you know, the, I said there was one room that's really relatively small with an ensuite. Yeah you know, proportionately wise, it's not quite right. And I literally was like, I'm sorry, Simon, you've got to move that wall by five centimeters. Well, in the nicest way it hadn't, he'd made a very, and, and what it was, so normally he's very good and you know, great working with them. But so there's no negative comment here, but what he'd done from, which is an understandable was he'd made it easy to make the bathroom. And I was yeah. like, no, oh, the bathroom just needs to be a mental bathroom. It yeah. just, be I have a bathroom tick the bedroom needs to be bigger that wall has to move it was only you know two by four so it was okay so that was the only thing where we just sat down and rather than going Simon you got to do it I was like well what are your thoughts Simon because this is the size of the bed and it just I understand why you've done it I was Mm. I mean I was a bit raging inside but I understand it's going to be easier for your plumber but really that's got to be moved so yeah the build wasn't too bad I've only fallen out with two builders and they weren't because this is one thing that I know that people will and always do struggle with is handling builders. Yes. Quick top tip then for people listening, watching on handling a builder. Okay. Recruit first. So take a step back. Um, For every one builder, we probably interview for, for a short list of 10, we interview between a hundred and 150. Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, and and we want to get your um, buildings insurance, and if you haven't got buildings insurance, you're off the list because you can't either you haven't you can't provide the paperwork or you haven't got it, and then I want to interview you to make sure I can get on with you. 
Mm. And, and so, so you've within that, then you've probably got one or two rotters within a pool of a hundred that you're still talking to. Do you, do you know what I mean? If, if you had a hundred, you've gotten rid of 10%, you're down to 1% of frustrating yeah. people. Yeah. So with this guy, he had a lot of pride in his work. Mm. I mean, he would occasionally, you know, smash it out a little bit. Should we just say that? Like the rolls upstairs, it didn't surprise me. Yeah. So, um, uh, it, I would talk to him every day, but I wasn't like, do this, do this, do this. I was more like, this is what we need to do. Um, sorry, sorry, let's go back. So then I, I had a written spec of exactly what was needed, a very mm. clear contract, a fixed price. Mm. So there was no messing around. It wasn't, you know, 42 grand, that's not big enough to put in pentals in, in my opinion. And um, um, we walked around the property and we crisscrossed, you'll have done this loads, eh? Crisscrossed where all of the um, plugs are going to go, where all the sockets are going to go. We yes. wrote up where the walls are going to go for the en-suites. Yes. So there was a physical understanding as well as a written understanding of exactly mm. what was going to happen stuff like white you know don't cut in you know all that stuff so that you're not paying them extra you're not doing magnolia than white because it's faster yeah. and then um and then uh, i ordered things like the um tiles i got them from walls.floors.co.uk because it's a lot cheaper mm. stuff like that so so he had a physical understanding of what was going to happen and then i didn't mess with it apart from that one five centimeter ball <clears throat> sorry which is very unusual that i mess with stuff once it's on yeah and then I would speak to him pretty much every day mm. and check in. And I would be on site for four, minimum four times a week, just quickly, just briefly, but just yeah. checking in with him. Yeah. And I would often, and if there was any kind of problem, um, he'd go, Suze, I've got a problem. And then I wouldn't try and solve it. I'd go, ah, oh, hmm. And I'd wait. And then his brain would go, but what we could do is this or this. I'm like, oh, okay. Now, maybe I already thought of that, maybe I didn't, but by him coming forward with it, it allows him generally. So basically I shut up, <laughs> which is unlike me. Yeah, I, I do the exact same. My, my favourite builder who I use is six foot eight. He's about this wide, wow. ex-prison officer, who just looks mean and he, exactly the same, but he's the nicest guy. I absolutely love speaking to him and I do that exact... He actually says working on my jobs is the easiest ever because I genuinely, when he rings me with a problem, he's like, you don't care, do you? I'm like, no, I do care. Yeah. I just don't speak to you about it. I yes. let you come to the the way of doing it that you think is going to be best. And if yes. if I think, okay, it is, then I will go, yeah, right, do that. And most of the time, it is. Yeah. It's, it's just, they just haven't thought of it straight away. Yeah, and by you giving the space to go, what are your thoughts? What do you think's best here? How would you fix this? What do you think? And then shutting up. It yes. really, it, they come through. And, and, and then the other way that I'd handle him, if you want to call it handling him, um, I, I would, it was really sweet to see, actually. I mean, again, a bit like your guy, you know, a bit of a hairy guy, you know, yeah. like scar on the face and all the rest of it. <laughs> and I mean that with kindness. Um, and I would just compliment him every now and again, not all the time, but when he'd done a really good piece of work, I'd be like, oh, mate, Simon, that was fantastic. And you would mm. see him blossom because yeah. he actually really liked his work. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. I like that. One of my favourites is to, if you are going down to site and it's, you know when they're going to be taking a break, if it's yeah. not 
between a break, nip through McDonald's coffee, the, the drive-thru, yeah. grab a few coffees for the for the lads and just give them all a coffee. You're doing a smashing job. Here you go, lad, what, lads, what do you want? Yes. And actually, when I did a project, I actually had a tenant working at McDonald's and he used to pay his rent through the window of McDonald's. Oh, fabulous. All the hours. And he's like, oh, where are you going? Oh, I'm going to site. Oh, how many lads have you got working there? I've got eight at the minute. Oh, do you want eight coffees? Uh, yeah okay then i'll have all the stickers off all the coffees um but that, they love it the trade love mcdonald's coffee love it yes little, yes. little yes. nibble there but i think the important thing was this guy liked work and this yes. guy like and and so the people the builders i like are the ones when you interview them they genuinely glow is probably the wrong word for a bunch yeah. of builders but they they inflate with enjoyment talking about their work and yeah. this guy was, was, was the same. It's that finished article. They love seeing that. Yes. yes. So many people like smashing stuff up. The one, yes. the gold is the ones that like putting it back together again. That's right. And have a tidy site. Yes. Yeah. Oh my God. Yes. That, that is the key. Yes. So ev, ev, whatever you do, if it's clean, it's so much easier because you That's haven't right. got plumbers falling out of electricians, etc., oh. etc. Et plaster, everyone. It's just so much smoother. Yes, it's, it's not heard against. And then the other thing that I always do is put in part of the contract that they're going to uh, collect the IKEA furniture, bad luck, lads, and they're going to build it. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's part of the contract, isn't it? Well, uh, you're a little so, bit crueler than me. I have it delivered and then they build it. <laughs> oh, well, that's nice. But what I mean is they're not psychologically turned off. They're still like, we still got to do this. And then um, you pay the payment schedule, you agree whatever the payment schedule is, and you never, you know, you, you, you do it. And then the snagging at least retain 10%, if not a little bit more. Yeah. But it, it's not okay for, like, so as soon as they say, Sue's, we're signed off, I wouldn't think, I would definitely expect to pick some stuff up and snag in. Um, but it's my job, as soon as he's told me that the snagging's ready to look at, it's my job to get down there really fast. I can't leave it three days. Yeah, That's not fair. So I have to rearrange my diary to get it nailed as fast as possible. And so it's constantly on the phone just going, what else do you need? What else do you need? Or, you know, um, it's constant communication. Constant, isn't it? Yeah. And that's, do you know what, that's flowed through the whole of, of this interview. And, mm. and I think success in, in property and business, it is constant communication. With yeah. whoever you're dealing with, whether that's the, so the agent and the vendor, constant yes. communication, you babysat that deal. Then yeah. with an investor as well, you had a really good relationship and constant communication with them. And then with the builder. And then, yeah. so what, so that then br brings us right to the end results of the deal. What, what yes. happened? It's oh, quite good. So it got revalued. So mind, I bought it for 203. Yeah, I uh, spent exactly because I'm um, just before I came on, I, I was like, I need to look up my spreadsheet to make sure I've got the correct figure. I spent 42 grand on it. Mm -hmm. It got revalued there and then Rick surveyor for 330. Which is yeah. the exact amount you said. Yes. Uh -huh. And then because this was a very up and coming area to, so then I more, uh, I financed it 330 at 75% loan to value. I actually need to work that out. Isn't that terrible? <laughs> <laughs> I'll do that just shortly. <laughs> Excuse me. Sorry. That was the one figure I didn't get organized. In the I'm so sorry. Um, so 247, there we go. Two, 247,500. So look, I bought it for two. If we ignore the, and I know, I know they exist. Okay. But let's ignore the fees, um, the lawyers, the stamp duties, the, the, the interest, just talk about the building itself. I bought it for 203 and I spent 42, which is, um, two, 245. Mm -hmm. And I got 75% loan to value of 330. So I got 247,500 out. 
Wow. So I got two and a half grand to pay my lawyer's fees. Yeah. I then obviously had to pay my interest for the first year and my stamp duty. Yeah. That's all right, isn't it? Like um, you say, first year yes. pays it and then, yes. you're into, then you're into it. Exactly. So really, after year one, there's no money left back in, which is super. And it's been um, uh, renting out at £3,265 uh, per, week, uh, per month ever since. Yes. It's wow. constantly filled because the location's great. And then a couple of years later, it got revalued again at 450 Wow. You are in a different world to me. Well, we've talked about this before, haven't we? we? Have. We've had long chats about this, haven't we? Yeah. It's Bristol. I mean, it's a southern city, a city centre. Yeah. And that is the plus. So loads of folk are like, oh, I'm going to go up north because it's quite hard to um, buy in my area because A, it's um, expensive and B, it's mm. difficult. Yeah, but there's the plus. Yeah. You know, if it's expensive and difficult, the chances that the capital growth are going to go for it. You know, so it went from 330 to 450, literally within two and a half-ish years. Crazy. And that was, again, a Rick's valuation. Not bad. So what was your biggest lessons on this deal then? Oh, the simple one. Um, you know, remember from the beginning, I was going to sell it on as a source deal. Mm-hmm. And I'd have made 5% of 203,000. So just over 10 grand. Yeah. Keep every single thing you possibly can. Yeah. Even though I love a buy to sell strategy as well. So what I'd have made 10 grand as opposed to owning something that's almost half a million pounds. Um, that's bringing in um, over three grand a month. Yeah. You know, so keep everything you can and those sleepless nights are worth it, I think. Uh, I think that's a cracking lesson. Mm. I really do. I think it's absolutely fantastic. And I think that's a, a wicked place to, to end this, this interview. I've loved doing this, this different format. I think it's so much nicer to find out a story about a property or a deal that people yeah. can actually learn from instead of just me going... What do you do in property and et cetera, yeah. et cetera. So, and I've been in your office. So I come, up, I come up to visit, so I know exactly that room, which is really cool. The lovely live green. And one of my, one of my members on my trading website gave me this because he works in TV production and he was like, I'm sick of watching your videos with the light behind you. So I'm okay. going to give you a blackout piece of film. Thank you. So thank you very much, Matt, for okay. that. So if people do want to get in touch with you, how can they get in touch with you? How can they follow you on socials, et cetera, et cetera? Uh, I do quite a bit of it because it's fun and creative. So there's Instagram, there's Instagram stories, there's Facebook, there's LinkedIn, there's Twitter. Um, and then if they want to get in touch, either phone us or on our website, obviously, thegoodpropertycompany.co.uk. And then just give us a phone. Um, our, web, our phone number is on our website and the team will book you in for a chat with me. Um, or email us, and again, our email's on our website, thegoodpropertycompany.co.uk. I quite like chatting, as you can tell. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. I'm a big fan of the chatting as well. I will have this show edited anyway and all of the links put below. Um, it would be good for the people watching and listening if they could tell us what their biggest takeaway was from this yeah. video or podcast. Um, that would be pretty cool. So I'm going to let you go now, Susanna. Thank okay. you very much for coming on. Thanks very much for having me. See you soon. Bye-bye.